before we get into today's episode, we want you to go and check out Swagoo and Perk, a new ESPN podcast led by its namesake's host. Former NFL veteran and analyst Marcus Spears, that's Swagoo, and NBA champion and analyst Kendrick Perkins, that's Big Perk, with new episodes every Tuesday morning. Spears and Perkins will bring listeners the latest of NBA and NFL news as well as a look into their lives, career, journey with campus conversation, and welcome in top sports and celebrity guests. That's Swagoo and Perk. Listen wherever you get your podcast. Also, The Book of Boba Fett is coming to Disney Plus on December 29th. But starting today, you can watch the trailer for this thrilling Star Wars adventure of the legendary bounty hunter, Boba Fett, and mercenary Phoenix Shan. Follow the journey as the two navigate the galaxy's underworld to stake their claim on the territory once ruled by Jabba the Hutt. That's The Book of Boba Fett. Check out the trailer on Disney Plus starting today. Welcome to a brand new episode of DC and RC. I'm Daniel Cormier. It's my guy, Ryan Clark. Hey, we up in Bristol. We live. He, he finally again. came to hey, work, guys. Dog. He finally came to work. What you mean? Welcome. Welcome to where the real people well, have I'm to work. Welcome to your home. This welcome is, to your home. Well, it's not this, really my home. Well, this is like Ryan Clark's home. You're here so much. You're on everything. And right, I see you already I know writing what stuff down I team. know what you're setting up by I'm calling not setting it up my anything. home. You're setting, I'm really not setting up anything. Okay. So, guys. If you remember, a couple weeks ago, I went to a basketball, a party, sorry. I went to a birthday party, and I was hustling. I called myself the Papa Shot King. And right here, it starts off a little rough, but once I find my stroke, you see the wrist popping, bang, bang, like Mike Breen. Bang! You know, you know that bang, yeah, Mike Yeah, Green but you're you, not right? the same. When, I hit the, when I'm hitting the Mike are- Breen, right? But as you've seen, you know... If you've seen Spongebob, it says, a little while later. You know that? You know what happened a little while later? A little while later, I get invited to Bristol. They don't tell me what I'm doing. I don't get to warm up. They say, you and RC are going to play Papa Shot. So would you please, Corporate Jake and the people in the back, roll the video of Ryan and I engaging in Papa Shot. Ryan, would you talk them through the highlight? Well, so if you look at the highlight here, obviously my, my shot is much better uh, than DC. Uh, I start out hot. DC he's then trying to cheat. To, he's got two balls. DC then starts to bump me. He then <laughs> starts to try to block my shots. Look at him right there cheating. And I mean, you know, what do you expect? Uh, from look at, a look guy, at, look at, but look at this guy. Well, what do you him? expect from a guy that understands that athletically we are not close? Um, obviously, he was a skilled wrestler, one of the greatest fighters in UFC history. Hey. But I'm the true hooper. Well, right? And when we were growing well, up in Louisiana, you well, weren't hooping. That is to be. That is to be. Oh, I dropped one here, but then still look, load him up. Boom. <laughs> I mean, honestly, Ryan, once the wrist started popping, and plus you were rushing. I, I tried I, to tell you after a while, Ryan, stop rushing. You're missing because you're rushing. At one point, guys, Ryan and I are playing. I'm beating Ryan so bad no, that with uh, seven seconds left in the it game, was five seconds. I stopped shooting. It was five seconds. With seven seconds left you're in lying. the game. You're lying. Guys. I stopped shooting. Look at that. Look at that. Let's go. Corporate Jake with the raise. So, and guys, once again. It was five, it, it was five <laughs> seconds. And here's what happened. Here's, here's what happened. Yes, DC just flew from Abu Dhabi, but y'all got to understand, I'm in four or five different states oh, in gosh. four or five different days. No, so, you sound like. So it was the jet lag, right? Oh. It was the jet lag. And so <laughs> we're going to play again, but he's probably going to be running from me. Like Kobe Covington says, Kamara Usman's running yeah. from him. Let me tell you something, Ryan. Say whatever you want, but the truth of the matter is you got your butt kicked because winners win. 
And that's what I do. I knew when you won game one. First game was a tie. Second game yep. you won. Then I blasted you two in a row. Eighteen to seven in one game. And then it the was next never game, eighteen to seven. We couldn't even see the points. Do you see? You, that it was eighteen to seven when I stopped shooting. Bro, that, it was that bad. That's why I stopped shooting. Why so, are you always fantasizing the, the on the show is, and exaggerating? The reality is, you're a bit of a sore loser. We have, we have determined that earlier in the show whenever you said you don't shake hands after you lose a football you game. You said that. No, no, <laughs> no. No, we've determined no. that after you said you don't I shake said, hands. No, DC, DC. I <laughs> said I said you don't have to shake hands, and I asked you about shaking hands, and you said you only did it when you won. No, you said I didn't when you say lost, that. No, I didn't say that. Because when you lost, you would go to the back, and you would pout, and you would cry, and do all that other stuff, but then when you win, you want to hug people and rub their faces and stuff all like right. that. All right, so here's the thing, Ryan. I maybe not shake hands when I lose, but if I do shake hands when I win, I know a couple dudes that shook some hands last weekend in Abu Dhabi, and one was my guy, Islam Bahashev. So, hey, my friend, I'm going to let you walk back. All them comments, RC, walk them back. Here is your tweet. Hey, Ryan Clark, now that's some dominance by Islam. I get it now, DC. This is the performance I've been waiting on. Against an opponent we needed to see. UFC matchmakers, you're up next. Now, that's you starting to lay the foundation for you walking back the comments. So, Ryan, the floor is yours. First off, I don't have to walk back any, Why not? any comments. We talked about a particular fight, and I said that that fight boring. was boring because it was. And, now, and he now, did was finish it, the fight. He did finish the fight. You he, called he, he, did, he did eventually finish the fight. It was his first five-round fight. Yep. Right, and so he did eventually wear his opponent down. But even in that opponent, even though that was what a a, a, a jujitsu specialist, I still didn't see. I, I didn't see the veracity, the ferocity. I didn't see the the violence, even on the ground. They, you know, they kind of just moseyed around. He wore him, and after a while, he was a bigger fighter, and he eventually submitted him. This was different. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. You got you got a guy like Dan Hooker, even though he's taking this fight after RDA has to be pulled out. Dan Hooker is not only a professional, Dan Hooker is one of the best fighters in his weight class. Right. We we've watched Dan Hooker go toe-to-toe with guys like Dustin Poirier, right? With guys like Michael Chandler. And so when you see that and Islam dominates him in this fashion, and you knew it. Once he took it to the ground, it was a total mismatch. Too early. Too early. Too he was dry. So I spoke to Islam last week. I sat down with him for a little short interview. And as we're speaking, Habib comes in and he says, this is Islam. Oh, so Habib Square walked in, so you started crying. No. <laughs> from emotion. It, it, you were listen, overwhelmed. Ryan, Ryan. Okay, I was a bit emotional. Okay, I, I got excited. So. I thought so. I will say it. Like, <laughs> as you admit you love Troy, I can admit I love the guys. But anyways, we were talking and Habib said, I remember when the UFC went to New York for the first time, right. Madison Square. It was the same night he yelled, I want to fight your chicken when Conor became yes. double champ and he fought on the prelims. Habib fought Michael Johnson, who at the time mm -hmm. was number six. Yep. Habib was number five, right? Habib went out there and submitted him with a Kimura. Mm -hmm. That was kind of like the start of it for me when you started. I started paying attention to Khabib yeah. uh, Namorgomedov. Look at what Islam Makhachev got him with the other day with a Kimura lock. Number five, Islam Makhachev. Number six, Dan Hooker. It's, it's almost eerie how yeah. similar... These situations are. Islam said having Habib in the corner is almost like a cheat code. I saw that. It's like a I video game, right? That. Because right. Habib told him, he goes, step over the head when right. he had the Kimura lock. Because at a point, if your body is in the side control and you go to Kimura, you cannot extend the arm as far back as yeah. you need to. Look at Dan Hooker's arm, bro. It's like the shoulder pressure 
starts yeah. to just rip and tear. Everything but tears. DC. And then the arm breaks. DC, that, that, that brings a different question to my mind, though. Like, we, we talk about coaching and cornering on this show uh, kind of ad nauseum because it's so important. When you hear Islam say having uh, Khabib in the, in the corner is like a cheat code or it's like cheating, how much does that matter to have someone who did it at mm. such a high level? Because almost as uh, Khabib Fresh. is watching these things, he's he's talking him through what he would do. Yes. He's talking him through what he sees. And that's different than football because my coach, my coach during the play can't communicate to yes, me yes, what yes. to do. That, that, that has to be not only comforting, but it does have to be in a sense almost like an extra added help for a guy like Islam to have a coach who's been in those situations right there being able to coach you. You, you know what I like to like relate this to? And I think this is the most important thing in regards to that. When Troy Aikman, not Troy Aikman, when Tony Romo retired, yep. right? The following year, he did commentary. Yes. And it seemed as though he knew the plays before they went. He was basically playing quarterback from because the Because he was so fresh out the game. Right. If you would have went and sat at a commentary table, Ryan, right after you retired, right. you would have called all the coverages. Right. You would have saw the plays. Now, as you remove yourself from it, you become a little less familiar because the game continues to evolve. That's what Habib is doing right now. He fought last year. He's still so fresh in the game. That mm -hmm. everything he sees out there, he can still relate it to what he did only 12 months ago. Right. Right. So right. it's like, I think that is where, because everybody's like, Romo's a genius. I'm like, guys, 12 months ago, the guy was he in was the quarterback the meetings. Absolutely. He was breaking down all these coverages. So he knows where he would have thrown the ball. So that's how he knows where Daxon to throw the ball. So don't, right. like, it's, it's, it's just the same with, with us as we call these fights. So having Habib gives him that extra layer, another right. set of eyes. Because Islam was trying to torque on the arm yeah. from the side control. Habib right. was like, step over. And once he stepped over, he got the finish. Yeah, that, 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 that feels like a cheat code. I mean, another guy who's, who's a cheat go code is uh, Hamzat Chamaya, yeah. right? And, and, and so for, for me, I was very interested in seeing what the layoff did to him. Was there going to be any rust? And when you looked at him inside the ring with the leech, it was almost from, from, from the outset a physical mismatch. Right yeah. now, not even only in the skill, because we understood what it was going to be once he took him down to the mat in the octagon. But when when he when he when he changes levels on him, when he gets his back, when he's picking him up and oh, wow. talking to people on side of the octagon, he bro, like Dana was on his phone, dog. You see he was like Dana's on his phone. I was like, yo, pay attention. Right. You know what I'm saying? So when you have a dude that can be that dominant, what do you say? What do you say about his performance this weekend, DC? RC, look at his total strike advantage in his year. This dude has fought four times in the UFC and has gotten hit one time. Right. Nobody does that. But is is, is that about his his stand up game, DC? Is Bro, it about the, the totality bottom, of what he is count, as a fighter? They count punches from the bottom. Right. So, but I'm just I'm saying though. So, what does that say mm -hmm. about who? Uh, Hamzat Chemaev is into the game right now. Does he deserve a top five dude hey. right now in a huge fight? And should he be one fight away from fighting a Kamaru Usman if he's still a champion? You know what's kind of crazy? I saw Chael Sonnen on his show, the Chael Sonnen show. And he said, I wouldn't be surprised if they gave him a title fight. And guess what? There are a lot of people that would not be mad right. if Chemaev found himself across from Kamaru Usman right now. But there are some fights for him. But let me backtrack. First off, I want to be, say this to Hamzat. Hamzat, I'm proud of you, man. I'm proud of you with the way you handled the scale. Because you know Hamzat yeah. got his hand on that towel, dog. Yeah. He pressed too much, though. Hamzat, <laughs> Hamzat, you pressed too much. RC. <laughs> I was weak, RC, bro. he pressed too much. That boy was 166. <laughs> Hamzat, you can't press that much, man. Hamzat, the press on the towel, lost six pounds. So Heidi Dean goes, 
guys, did he lose six pounds? He's like, right. what is going on? Anyways, happy about that. But the way he performed, the way he took advantage of the moment, because now there's a whole bunch of expectation for what Hamzat right. Chimaev is going to do. I went to the octagon afterwards. I said, Hamzat, I said, ladies and gentlemen, I'm here with Hamzat Chimaev. He grabs the mic and goes, brother, of course you're here with me. Because, like, there was no way for Lee, Lee, Jing, Lee Jingliang right. to beat him or in his mind. Dude, you got to remember, Lee just knocked out Santiago Ponzinibbio and was ranked number 11 in Absolutely. the world. But, but that's why, to me, this was the big fight because it was a stylistic, a good stylistic matchup. And it was finally a fighter that you felt like could put some pressure Dude never lost. on Hamza. Dude's never been finished. Yeah, and, Lee's never been finished. And, and Hamza made it look easy. No, it, it was one of those things where you say, okay, now we're looking for opponents for both Islam and Hamza. Mm -hmm. So who should be the next guy up for both of these fighters? You know, Justin Gage, she got mad at me Saturday because I posed, the, I, I threw it out there. Actually, I posed the question to Islam in the octagon. Why should they look at giving you the title shot over whoever wins this weekend in Madison Square? Right. The reality is this. If Islam has to fight again, it's not a problem. Him and Benil Daryush works. Great fight. Him versus... Great fight. Uh, uh, him versus... I don't know who else because he's number five right now. Right. Benil's the only one in front of him that works outside of a title fight. Um, but Islam isn't afraid to fight anybody. He'll fight any of those guys. Uh, he'll fight the the loser of Justin mm -hmm. Gaethje, Michael Chandler, if he needs to. Dude doesn't care. He'll fight anybody. Uh, for Hamza Chumayev, it's time to give him one of the, the higher ranked guys. Mm -hmm. And I think a guy that could be good for him is Gilbert Burns. Okay. Because Gilbert Burns has a well-rounded skill set. He's a great wrestler. He's a great jujitsu guy. His stand-up has improved, yeah. and he's back, right? So he lost the title fight to Kamaru, but then he beat Stephen Wonderboy Thompson in his last fight and showed right. that he's back on the winning track. So that makes sense for him. Please don't say Leon Edwards because I know like, Le Leon, let Edwards, Leon get his title yeah, fight. You, you can't, you Leon's can't fighting Masvidal, right? He's fighting Masvidal, but you can't bring you can't bring Leon back down. No, to you do gotta that. let him fight Masvidal in the right. title fight. And I, I know what uh, Neil Magny, I believe Neil Magny wants to fight him. Wants to fight uh, Chimaev. Um, but, but who? Who wants to fight Chimaev? But I think, but I think, I think Neil people, believes he can beat him. Also, too, yeah, I think about someone like 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 Neil Magny. That would be a win that puts his name yep. back in the conversation for can this guy be a contender again? Can we start to move him up? And so I think for him, it's a win-win situation. People probably don't think that he can win the fight. Bro, it's a right? tough one. It's a tough fight. Uh, you got uh what like Michael Chiasa? Yeah, Chiasa. Uh, but uh, he's fighting against uh, he's fighting against Sean Brady, I Sean, think soon. Yeah, and so, so those guys know, are gonna fight. You know, you know, so so there are some guys in there. I think when you're starting to look at Islam, you, you know, you get an opportunity to fight Dan Hooker. I think now the RDA thing has disappeared. Would you want to see Islam fight for a belt right now, though, or do you think? No, he needs I absolutely another? don't. I absolutely don't. I want to see him. I do want to see him get another name. Right, like, 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 get a guy like you mentioned, maybe fighting the loser of Chandler, Chandler Gaethje. Gaethje. I don't know necessarily. I think if that, I if just think if Gaethje wins, he's gonna get the title fight. But so that's the point I was about to make, though. If Gaethje loses, yes. that's a fight Gaethje takes. Yeah, right. For he sure. takes that fight, and obviously Islam Makachev takes that fight because now. No, but I think win. Islam, if, if Gaethje loses, I think Islam goes right to the title. I really believe that if I think it's Gaethje, and if Gaethje loses, I think Islam goes right to the title fight. Because you got to think already. The only person that's got a winning streak like him is Charles Oliveira. It's Charles Oliveira, right? So if, I think if Gaethje loses, I think I think honestly, all the pressure right now is on Justin. Is Gaethje. on Justin Gaethje to get the job done this weekend. And if he doesn't, I think it goes to Islam. So, so, so Gaethje wins, he gets the opportunity. If he doesn't, you believe Islam Makhachev? I think Islam fights for the belt. So speaking of belts, right? We I, I saw you had a tweet about how excited you were for Glover Teixeira. 
And, you know, in, in watching that fight, and like I said, we're always texting. I know you're working. I don't really care that you're working. I'm still texting <laughs> you, right, because, because I want to know. When, when you see a guy at his age come from the things that he's had to go through through adversity, really battle his way back into title contention and fight a guy like uh, Jan Bohovitz and truly dominate him. Bro, he dominated him it was in, the, in the first round. And the submission was almost as easy as we saw the Islam Makachev submission and uh, Hamzat uh, Chamaya. But he brought the title back to Danbury. Yeah. Right? Just like he said he would. How excited are you for Glover Shashara? And what's the next step for the light heavyweight division that was truly dominated by one and then another person by John Jones and then by DC for a long time. And those guys, you knew were the champion. Mm -hmm. What's the next step for this division? It's kind of crazy, right? Because for 10 years, it was either me or Jones with the belt. Jones right. had it for, till 15 and I had it up until the end of the, the, the decade. Right. Uh, it's, it's Glover Teixeira finally accomplishing what he wanted to uh, accomplish. Now, now, here's the thing. Very rarely, R.C., do you see universal happiness for somebody accomplishing a goal? Right. Right. You know, like there's a lot of people that hate on you. Mm -hmm. And when I'm sitting at the, the side of the octagon, I almost start crying. Right. Because Glover Teixeira, it was, I was happy for him. Right. Not because no one doesn't like Jan Bohovic. It's because I've seen Glover and up close and personal. Mm -hmm. Because when I would do commentary as the light heavyweight champion, there were a number of times where he came up to the side of the octagon and goes, me and you, DC, after right. he'd won a fight. But then he would have a hiccup. He right. would have a stumble. On multiple occasions, against Gustafson that happened, against Rumble Johnson that happened, where he was in a number one contender fight, and I was the champion, and he wasn't able to get it done. He broke through last weekend. And, bro, I, I put a picture up on my Instagram the other day, and our ESPN uh, gave me a picture, and it was me and Glover, where when I went in the octagon, I hugged him. Mm -hmm. And it was almost like he put his head on my shoulder, and it was like... 20 years of, of, of stress just melted uh, away. Yeah, it, it reminded me, and this is different. I know I bring everything to football, but when Steve Young finally won a Super Bowl after follow after backing up Joe Montana, yeah. and then Joe Montana leaving for Kansas City, him getting the job, he turned around and somebody grabbed his back. He's like, get that monkey off my, oh, my back. back. Yeah. You know, a guy like Glover Teixeira that's done and been through all that he's been through to finally get that opportunity, but to get an opportunity, a chance to seize it and actually do it. To, to actually go out and execute at such a high level so quickly seems so calm. I think, you know, I mentioned this last week when we were talking about Jan Bohovitz, and I said, I think you were saying this, that it wasn't his toughest opponent, I guess, from a skill level. Mm -hmm. But I was talking about the moment. Yeah, right? yeah, the, yeah, the, the sure. moment, the 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 true 205-pounder. And it seemed like Glover was the guy that rose to the occasion more so than Jan. But there, to me, and what was the fight of the night was Piotr Jan yeah. and Corey Sandhagen. Yep, and, yep, yep, yep. And early on in the fight, the Sandman was doing what the Sandman do. He was he, fighting well, bro. He was fighting well. He was moving around. He was keeping range. But you could start to see, DC, as the fight got longer, the heavy <laughs> hands of Piotr Jan, they started to matter. Right. And, and, and it started to affect it. And it was like, even though Corey was touching him, he was just touching him. Yeah, for sure. But, but when Piotr Jan was landing, you saw the effects that it had on him. How did you kind of see that fight playing out? And then what's next for Piotr, Piotr Jan? Is it the Aljo Sterling mm -hmm. fight? Or because I know he goes on and said that uh, TJ Dillashaw need to wait. And yeah, he called yeah. him some, some, some very. That was Aljo name, all pissed off. Yeah. All upset. So because what, he felt like Aljo felt like Piotr was like dismissing him a right. little bit. Well, two things stand out about that fight. One, Piotr Jan deserves credit for a couple things. One, not only winning, 
But he beat the absolute best version of Corey Sanhagen I've ever seen. Okay. Corey fought tremendous. He really did. So Corey has nothing to hang his head about. He lost to a better man. But Piotr Jan inside the octagon, Ryan, I've never seen someone process data as efficiently and then apply it as effectively as I've seen Piotr Jan. I think you mentioned he starts slow, though, right? Bro, he's a slow starter because he's taking intel. Okay. It's like he's, he's gathering intel developing his plan, and then he just goes. Mm-hmm. George Masvidal called him a computer. He goes, right. he's like a computer. He processes everything. This dude, Piorian, man, I couldn't believe it. He's so fast. He's so skilled. Throws a ton of kicks. He's got great boxing. His boxing, yeah. he's a Top multiple-time... Notch. Yeah, he's yeah. a multiple-time champion in boxing in Russia. He's in fantastic cardio right. shape. Right, He was out there just, just setting traps, capitalizing on the traps that he was setting... And then just starting to pull away from mm-hmm. Corey Sanhagen. Yeah. And then in round five, when Corey had a pretty good round, I f- saw Piorian as the round went, changed the course of the round, and then win round five. Mm-hmm. So when you look at the scorecards, you had 49-46, 49-46, yep. and 48-47, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, and no, it was all 49-46 across, across the board. board. So round one, Corey Sanhagen won. Round two was a close round, but then Piotr hurt him. Three, four, and five. Piotr won those middle rounds very, very clearly. Fifth round, Sanhagen was having a good round, but then Jan just t- turned it around again. But so, He's so a man. we're looking at the scorecards right now, and we were all. It debating. looks like it wasn't that close a fight. Yeah, it's, it's a very close fight, but we're all debating in Corey's corner. They tell him it was was it two two, or they tell him yeah, he, yeah, yeah. He was again, up. But that's the same thing, right? You can't judge a fight from the corner. Right. We've seen that. We've talked about this ad nauseum now because. We had so many issues with, with the way people are cornering yep. and some of the things that they're telling them. So and it was, that was one of those situations where Corey's corner goes, you're winning this fight. But right. when I talked to Corey in the octagon, he I said, said it. The, he said he it, said right? It. I love that. I love that. I, I love that he was like, you know what? He was better tonight. The other piece of this too is, so now, now we've seen Corey. Who's the champ? Piotr Jan. Who's the champ? Piotr Jan. Aljamain Sterling is the champ. Not the champ. So wait, so not the champ. You look at Corey. If you look at Piotr Jan, if you look at Piotr Jan, he's got an IC next to his name. Now the champ, Aljamain, the champion, said, "Brilliant fight. I have a 48-47 Jan. You've earned his first whipping. Rest up and enjoy the work you did. I'll see you soon." So Ryan Clark, who's the champ? Because Aljo I has just a C. Told, I just told you who the champion. Aljo has Everybody. a C next to his name. Piotr Jan has an IC. DC, you do you know why? And listen, I respect Aljermain Sterling. He he earned his belt, right? It was it was an illegal knee. That's how you get a belt. But everyone felt, or many people felt, that that was Piotr Jan's belt to win from Aljo this time, right? To 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 get it back, or this is Aljo's opportunity to prove that he deserved it, and he didn't get that opportunity. And so now they have two champs. If you can say that Cyril Gan and Francis Ngannou are both champs in heavyweight, there's two champs here, and one of these guys have already been the champion, DC. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It, and so, don't, no, don't do this. Mm-hmm. Don't you do I'm, this? I'm just, wait, I'm just saying. Like, honestly, Aljamain's the champ on paper, but anyone that watched the fight knows that Piotrian was on his way to winning, and that's why so many people viewed last weekend as the true, the true champion, bantamweight champion of the world. But then, then the Corey Sanhagen had lost to Aljamain, so that yeah, it, that was a whole bunch of stuff. But it seemed like the world was put right because Piotrian won, right? Right. The, the world was put right, and now we. And the great thing about your sport, DC, is you get to handle it, right? We won't we won't have to a- ask this question mm-hmm. very much longer. They'll get their opportunity in the octagon, and then we'll know for sure who the champion is because only one belt 
walks out of the octagon yeah, that night, even though two walk into the press conference. I saw Cyril Ghan the other day in the hotel. Dude's big. It tells you how much that dude gets in the shape whenever it's time to fight. Now, those guys will fight. The fights last week in Abu Dhabi were great, but hey, we're here in Bristol, so we got to get to some some fun things yeah, let's on do this, DC man. and RC. So I need to win. We something. will bring in Corporate Jake as Corporate Jake. You introduce the newlywed game essentially because we're now four months into our partnership yeah. and pull out your whiteboard. Know each other. If you guys want to grab the whiteboards next to your okay. seat, yes, absolutely, absolutely. Hold on one second. Okay, got my whiteboard here. All right, righty. Let's do this. Let's roll. All right. The first question is for Daniel. Yes. Daniel, what sport in high school did Ryan win state in? Don't oh. know how, but uh oh, oh, come on, guys. I don't know how, but man. We talk about this all the time. Basketball. That's I need cheap. a better marker though, guys. I need a better marker. My marker's not Ryan, could you throw me the black over there? Yeah, you got the black, bro. Thank you, dog. You Thank you. Basketball. So that's one for me. Oh. Thank you, guys. Come on, guys. All right, Jake. Let's go. All right. Let's go. Next for Ryan. What two foods was Daniel eating in his famous commercial? Oh, yes. Oh, my gosh. That's, that's like, it's, I can't believe it again. Oh. Um, was that? Let's see. Dude, these, hey, I tell you, Ryan. That is a hard question, guys. Hey, Ryan. I would actually. A burger and fries? <laughs> nope. Incorrect. I love all that cake. All that cake. <laughs> and chicken. I love all that cake. And chicken. I never even got that's I why, even that's why Derek, that's why Derek, Derek Lewis had a problem with me. All right, let's give me another one. All right, next. Crush this guy. For Daniel, what yes. round was Ryan drafted in? Uh huh. He was drafted in the third, I believe. DC absolutely knows the answer to this question, though, because we've talked about it. I've said, hey, and there are times when a guy <laughs> is just so motivated <laughs> that he will not allow for him not being drafted to not lead to him at least having one Pro Bowl over the course of his illustrious career. You know what I'm saying? Come on, y'all. Give me a better question. Come on, Corporate Jake. Don't do this to me now. Ryan, who was Daniel's first UFC opponent? Okay. Okay. Uh, I don't really know. Wrong. <laughs> I can't. Funny. That's right. That's right. Good job, Ryan. Good job, and, my and, guy. And I know this because I talked about this on like two or three shows ago. <laughs> good job, my so. guy. That's a good one. Daniel, mm-hmm. what number did Ryan wear with the New York Giants? Ooh, ooh, way to go, corporate Jake. Way to go, corporate Wait, Jake. Like my pin doesn't work, so I can't answer. My pen. Does, I'm not. I'm not writing in. A, I'm not writing in a bad pen again. So I'm. I'm just gonna. No. 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 I know it, but I'm not gonna write anything because my pen's not working. Cassandra, don't be texting. Hey, Cassandra. <laughs> no. No. Come give on. Give me that. Give me that. Give me. Let me see. Go. On. All right. Ready. You're right. Real Clark. No. We tied. Real we Clark. Twenty five. What we do you mean tied. we're not tied? We are tied. There it what? is, Corporate Jake. You didn't there wear 39. There it is, Corporate Jake. We're oh, not tied. Yeah. We are tied. Okay, okay. 1-1. One, one. Okay, 1-1. One, one. No, no, I've gotten two. Okay, yeah. You got I two. 2-1. 2-1. Two. Two, one. Yeah. Two, one. Two, one. I was cheating. All right, Ryan. What event did Daniel defeat Rumble Johnson the first time? Golly, guys. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, oh, yeah. Uh. Uh... Okay, okay, that's uh, right, that's right, that's right. So it wasn't a fight night. 
No, of course not. Ooh, Snoop Dogg's coming to my mind. Oh. Snoop Dogg. You remember what Snoop Dogg said? Yeah, yeah. Because there's one eight seven. How do you know that? What? They told you. What? They oh, told you. Oh, oh, oh. I think oh, that's it. That is correct. I think they told you. I think they told this guy, man. too. We could both hear each other. Why Why would they tell me? Cheaters. Here it is. Here's the last one. All right, this is our final round. My pin, my pin. Guess what? We can't lose. I'm writing in purple. LSU, baby. Daniel, LSU. how yes. many career interceptions did Ryan oh, have? Oh, yeah. And I know this answer. I know this answer, Dan. C Cassandra, don't no, help. No, 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 no. Come on. Come on. Come on. Wait, 13 seasons, so. It ain't as many as you think. Because <laughs> Troy got to get all the interceptions. Bam. What we got? You dirty dog. Corporate Jake. No, I didn't. I, I know they told you. No, I didn't. I, I literally. Is that right? I know. Is this right? I swear to God, I just guessed. I literally just guessed. I literally. Is that right? Yeah, that's I literally just guessed. Dog, did, did I get that right? That's absolutely right. Oh, my God. Thank you so much. Oh, my God. I got more than that if we count the playoffs. Let's count oh the playoffs. Oh, my so God. Three to two. Oh, Ryan, my God. Here we go. You know what makes Modelo special? It's brewed for those with the fighting spirit, and you wouldn't expect anything less from the official beer of the UFC. Modelo was the underdog. It came from humble beginnings, and it never gave up. It's brewed from premium hops to create a crisp Pilsner-style lager, which set the standard for authentic Mexican beer. So the next time you're tuning into a UFC fight card, you better make sure that you've got the beer that's always in your corner. Modelo, it's brewed for those with the fighting spirit, you got to drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Imports, Chicago, Illinois. When you think of the best of the best in sports journalism, who do you think of? I think of Tim Bontemps and Raina Banks at ESPN, Michael Vaccaro at the New York Post, Rachel Axon from USA Today, and of course, our own Adrian Gordonowski of the Wolves Podcast. St. Bonaventure University leveraged the insights from the successful alumni group to develop their online Master of Arts in sports journalism program. These days, it is not enough to be just skilled in traditional news reporting. Journalists need a variety of digital competencies like social media storytelling, podcast mobile experiences, and more. St. Bonaventure understands what it takes to be this modern-day journalist and how to tell compelling stories. The St. Bonaventure Sports Journalism Master's Program is 100% online. It has several start dates throughout the year, and it can be completed in as few as 18 months. So visit sbujournalism.com to follow your passion for athletics and storytelling today. That's sbujournalism.com. Ryan, DC got offered to play at what college in high school? Excuse me, got offered to play football at what college? Got offered to play football? Don't know. Um, hold on. I got it. I got it. Holy Valley of Short Dudes. <laughs> That, hey, you got to remember, I was the state MVP in football. So no, don't you even were not. Want to bet? Want to bet? What position? Linebacker. What school? 4A. What school? 4A. What school was it, Corporate J? Three. It was LSU. Three. No way. Yep. Three. Three D1 schools. But let's, no way. Hey, let me tell you why. Let me tell you. So there's a come up with the reasons why I didn't go play football. One being that I went to. Northside High School, where if you made All-State, you felt like you were going to the NFL. So, Ryan Clark, would you please bow your head down to the king? 
Must have been a tough day, guys. Could you buy? I mean, that's so. That's two things, though. Oh. Hey, pop a shot. Now this, dude. It's kind of you know what's kind of crazy, guys. You know what's kind of crazy. You know what's kind of crazy. Ryan acts like he's like Ryan acts like he knows all. It's one of the things you'll learn when you become friends with Ryan Clark. I can call, I can text Ryan Clark and I'll say, hey man, the Pistons, they might have a good team this year. And Ryan goes down the list of people and reasons why Jeremiah Grant and all these dudes and, and freaking Cade Cunningham ain't good. And then I'm like, okay, maybe well, Cade Cunningham won't be so just good. started playing. But then I'm like, so okay, maybe they won't be so good. Then I'll talk to Ryan about soccer and he's like, oh yeah, that guy's washed up. Ryan knows all. But the thing that he says he knows the most is mixed martial arts. And now come to find out, I know more about you. You know DC, about me. DC, the, 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 come on. They ask me about well, who offered you like a college <laughs> That was 30 years ago. <laughs> I don't remember who offered me scholarships back then. I just know I went to LSU. <laughs> Ryan, let me tell you something. Look at that. I'm all about that cake. About that cake and chicken. DC, hey, hey, I've Ryan, never seen this. Ryan, bro. Ryan, listen, listen, listen. And Ryan. Why are you behaving like this? <laughs> DC. Ryan. Listen, one of my friends, I was recording this thing, right? This it, is, hey, what are you doing, <laughs> listen, bro? Listen, Ryan, Ryan, it was for this show called the World MMA Awards. And we do parody videos. And you remember the show, there was a girl that sang, I'm all about that bass, about that bass. Yes, I know. Well, I just replaced the words by, I'm an Olympian, tried to make it to the top. We know Where that Joey's ain't real. Come on, son, make it stop. If you look at this foodie, foodie, just raise him up because every inch of me is perfect from the bottom to the top. Hey, like Ryan, listen. I am listen, so shameful. Listen, right listen, now, listen. My friend Sean, he's, he's a black guy. He walked in while I was doing it. He goes, This makes me uncomfortable when he left. I'm uncomfortable <laughs> right now, bro. I have secondhand and I have like secondhand embarrassment. He thought it was racism, though. He goes, This don't make me so uncomfortable. I'm out of here, dog. He's like a black what? guy with chicken. He's did like, you, I'm done did with you it. Did you film that yourself bro. at your house? No, no, no. We filmed like I actually filmed it. Dude, it's got 30 million views. 30 million views. DC, it's a lot of stuff with 30 minute, million so views. So crazy. Like people falling down. It was tremendous. It oh, was it absolutely was tremendous. Can we get to, can we get to the reason that you're even in town now? Yeah, yeah, can we, we talk about some 268? Because yes. I'm tired of losing. You, you, you're never going to win. Unfortunately, you'll never win. So, You'll never win. So right, why am I here, RC? You, well, you're here because there's a huge fight in Madison Square Garden. One of the best ones that we've ever seen. Yeah, at one, so one of the best ones we've ever seen at welterweight. You call the last one. You get an opportunity to be octagon side from this one. What are you expecting from Covington Uzman? Especially since he says Uzman's been running DC. He says he's been running, and Uzman said, "I broke your face." Okay, I broke your I'm face. Trying to, Catch your breath. I'm trying to come down from all these victories. Oh my god! Right, right, I'm trying to like, I'm trying to woosah like. First off, these. no way you should have got the interception one. I actually, I don't know how I got that. I literally guessed like the undrafted dude, one was easy. I, I literally guessed like I was like, okay, let me try 16 because Joe Montana was number 16. That's not why you made it. <laughs> I'm serious. Continue. So, it's, so, anyways, okay. So I'm here. If you wait less, you would have to breathe so hard. Yes, from winning. From well, listen. Oh, it's I'm heavier because of the championships. <laughs> <laughs> now I've I've gained ten more pounds since I've been here. Now, so UFC two sixty eight, mm -hmm. Usman Covington two, right? Namajunas Lee two, Gaethje versus Chandler, yep. dude, sick card. But when you talk about Usman versus Covington, this is one of the greatest welterweight fights I've ever seen. Agreed. 
Two to two going into the fifth. Mm-hmm. Kamaru breaks his jaw. Right. Kobe can tell you he didn't break his jaw. That's what, that's what he's saying now. He's saying that now his jaw wasn't broken, but I think he might have said something on the stool yep, see, that did. his jaw was broken. He did. He did right? say I it think on the my stool. jaw is broken. So, yep. But, I mean, it was, it was truly a fight between the best welterweight in the world and the second best welterweight in the world. Because for everybody else, love Kobe, hate Kobe. He's a tough son of a gun. Right. And that dude can fight. Yeah, absolutely. But Kamaru Usman has even shown... Then he's still improving. How's right. this dude getting better, RC? Yeah, and and that and that and that's what's interesting for me, right? And, and to me, how much better is Kamaru Usman now than in their first fight? And also, has Kobe evolved any? And because I kept remembering you saying during the fight that no one was taking was, was taking shots at takedowns, right? These dudes stood up, and it was a stand up battle for five rounds. The energy, I think. The, the, I think the energy the, it would have took to take in the other guy down yeah. it was like, ah, I didn't work. And, and, and the other thing is too, it's 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 almost like those things cancel out because they're both such good wrestlers. And so, what do you see? What adjustments do you think Kobe Covington has has to make in this fight to see a different result? You know what I think happened in the first fight. I think Kobe, because he had done it on so many different occasions thought his cardio would wear down Usman. Okay. That's like one of his biggest weapons. He goes so hard that by the time the third round, fourth round, fifth round comes, the guys are melting. Guys spent. He did it to Lawler. He did it to RDA. Mm -hmm. But Usman didn't get tired. Usman actually looked like the fresher guy, partly because he wasn't taking as much damage. Right. Now, if Covington's going to find success in this fight, he has to wrestle. Mm -hmm. He's got to find ways to get Kamaru Usman down to the ground. Much easier said than done. Mm-hmm. But once again, he is the second it, best welterweight but, in the world but, right but if, now. But if you're Kamaru Usman, are, are you scared of going to the no. ground with Kobe Covington? Usman like, doesn't get taken piece. down, though. Usman, right. like, Usman doesn't get taken down. He, right. I don't think I've ever seen him get taken down in a fight. He's too good. But I also think a lot of times the his opponents understand how good he, he is as they a don't wrestler shoot as on well. Him. So well, they're not shooting Covington on him. didn't. Twice, right? For as good as did, Covington did, did, is. Somebody shot twice in that fight. I can't remember who did. But for oh, as good a wrestler yeah. as Kobe Covington is, right, NCAA All-American at Oregon State, he didn't even shoot against Kamaru right. Usman, right? Usman's so big, he's so physical. And honestly, since joining Trevor Whitman out in Colorado, he's just gotten better. Mm-hmm. And he's getting better every single time we see him. From the Gilbert Burns fight, he looked tremendous. Yep. To the Masvidal fight the second time, mm-hmm. looked tremendous. But we haven't even had to see him use his wrestling in those fights. The dude's a monster, I man. Think, I, th- I think what's been most impressive about Usman to me is his ability to absorb punishment. And, and if you watch him, Kobe Covington was hitting him. Yeah, he right? was. But but when he touched Kobe Covington, you could see the effect it was a difference. right away, whether it was a, a body shot or whatever. Whereas Kobe Covington was trying to overwhelm him with volume. Yep. Right? Yep, he was like, no, yep. I'm going to keep coming. I'm going to keep coming. But after you start taking some of that punishment, it wears on you. And so that's what I'm looking for in this fight. Does Kamar, does Kamar Usman still feel to himself that, you know what? I can take whatever this dude dishes out. Well, he said that to me the other day, right? I spoke to him and he goes... I loved it. He goes, I, I had fun. Mm-hmm. He said, but for my brain and my my life after fighting, I can't be involved in too many of those. Okay. Right? We love those fights, right? Where you come out on top and you went to war, but you know right. that you can't do it multiple times in order to uh, live a very like healthy, good life. Right. You, if, if I uh, did that too 100%. much, you and I would not be sitting here. Absolutely. If you had too many head-to-head concussions, we can't you and I this. would not be sitting here. So uh, those guys understand that Usman cannot fight in the way that he did the first time. Now, the first time that Rose Namajunas fought Zhang Weili, there was there was no 
blood and guts war. No, sir. It was quick. Yeah. Left high kick, Rose nominated put her out, new champion. When we look at these two, and you look at Rose today opposed to Rose the champion before, mm -hmm. what do you see? And, I mean, Wei Li now trains here in the United States. Yeah. So how much different do you think she's going to look on Saturday night? Well, she said that, uh, that Henry Cejudo has helped her and, and, and has taught her a lot. And, a winner. Hey, and Thug Rose is basically like, train with who you want to train with. I think that's the difference in this champion, this Rose as opposed to the Rose previously, the Rose yeah. prior, right? It felt like after, you know, after beating Joanna, she had a weight on her shoulder. Yeah, right? she the, hated like, it. Like, right, how like could the, she hate being the champ? Right, like, I don't know, DC. You're the one that's winning everything. No, she you didn't tell like me. She didn't <laughs> like it, but now she said she's just so much more mature. Yeah. She loves it. She loves where she is in her life so she can handle being a champion. Right, so and if you think about, about, about Rose, right, she's seeing Justin training for this every day. She's seeing Kamaru Usman training for this every day. This is almost like a family affair. All three of them. Right, in Madison Square Garden. And so for her, this is an opportunity to go out and prove that that's different now. You know, and you know how it is, DC, when, when, when you feel like you got somewhere and you disappointed not only yourself, but you disappointed your corner. You disappointed your camp. I feel like all of those things were on Rose. And when you get that head kick and it connects and the fight is over, you're like, okay, this is part two. Mm -hmm. I'm a different person now. And I think she wants to go out and prove that. And what better way to go out and prove it than against the former champ? We, we lost it when Rose won. Mm -hmm. now, now, here's the thing. Rose Namajunas has won championships twice with us at the table, me, Anakin, and Rogan. And one gave us the most insane gift of all time of us like this and like that. Right, right, and then right. The right. one that we did, uh, it was crazy watching her where everybody's like touching each other, like, my goodness, you don't expect it. She's explosive, bro. We've yeah. seen her do things, flying triangles, arm bars, mm -hmm. beating Joanna in a stand up fight, knocking out Joanna to become the champion the first time. Right. We've seen Wei Lee do some tremendous stuff yeah. too. And Wei Lee, for her win streak she had prior to the last yeah. fight, you thought she was going to rule this division for a no, it, it long time. It felt that time. way. It, it felt that way. And I think that was that was the shock in the fashion in which Rose won the fight. Like, it wasn't a shock that she was a good enough fighter to do it. But to fight somebody like Wei Li and to have the perfect head kick, yeah. connect perfectly, knock her down, get her out. And you're like, okay, this is different. And I think that was the more shock value. That's yeah. why everybody's like, holy yeah, hell, yeah, yeah. I can't believe what happens. And so what happens now if once if this fight gets gets longer in the tooth, right? If this yeah, fight that's what goes interested. into the deep championship rounds, does it start to creep in Rose's head of, oh, we've been here before, mm -hmm. right? And, and and I've been here before and, and I wasn't necessarily successful. And so that's what I'm excited about. Seeing. I think she's going to be more prepared for it. Mm -hmm. I think she's happy to be... The champ now, so as those rounds get long right. against a tough way, this fight is not going to be short. Right. Like, this and, one's going to be much it, more difficult. Isn't it cool, too, though, DC, to see somebody like Rose, an uh, ultimate fighter, and and, yeah, yeah. And, and and do all those things that rises to to, to this height? It it's kind of being able to follow her journey and her story, you know? It just shows you the, how viable that platform has been for the UFC because yep. you had TJ Dillashaw come off mm -hmm. the show, Michael Bisping, Rose Namajunas, Evans, Rashad Evans. So yep. many people have come, Forrest Griffin, have come off yes. that show and become champion. Right. So now you kind of wait to see if the contender series will start to produce right. champions too. But Rose Namajunas and Wade Lee's going to be great. Justin Gaethje versus Chandler. Bro, I cannot wait till this weekend. I think it's going to be fantastic. And when you look at this, man, those three top fights and look all to the left. That's all Trevor Whitman trained fighters. So Whitman's going to be That's walking hard. out there fight after fight after fight. 
to keep two belts and hey, to he might, put another He might have to go to the hospital after. Oh, he dude. might need to go get an IV. <laughs> Could you imagine if, if, if Gaethje won and became a number one contender if these two retained? That small gym having three champions would be something unheard of. But I tell you, the people on the right, Covington, Zhang Weili, and Michael Chandler are not, not at all. willing participants. They want nothing more than to beat them. Now, Ryan, I've enjoyed beating you to this point. It's been a tough day for me, DC. It has be been. It has been. It has been. But day. um, a day would not be complete, especially face-to-face. Without us, let's, let's list something. So okay, what we got? What we got this time? Top MMA rivalries of all Well, that's cool, time. right? Because we got Kobe Covington, Carl yes, Usman. Yes, I believe that's one of the great rivalries in the sport mm-hmm. right now. And so we're going yes. to go of all time. And what usually happens is I care and I study and I make a better list than you do. It's kind of and, starting to piss me off a little bit. And I think and I think we're we're going to go again. And so is Corporate Jake doing anything to help us yeah, this Corporate time? Yeah, Corporate Jake's going to help us. There's no snake draft. This is just a list. Just a list, guys. Because, you know, people always get upset. Yep, Ryan, uh, you are first. Okay, so if we're going first, do do I list? Do I go through the whole list? Yep, you can give give number five. Why? Four, three, two, and one. So at, at five, I'm going to go uh, St. Pierre and Hughes. Mm-hmm. Great rivalry. Right? I, I, I thought that was a great rivalry. This is when George St. Pierre is at the height of, of who he is, right? Matt Hughes was not only a great fighter, but a champion. And I believe... This was the type of rivalry that got me into fighting. Mm. You know, you were already into it. You had wrestled and you had done all these mm. things. This is when I was starting to realize that these dudes were athletes, right? The, the, this was when the, the fight game was changing. And so I thought that that was a huge one. I think at, at number four, I'm going to go Chell Sonnen and Anderson Silva. Mm. And now I, I, get, I get what this was, right? It was one of those things. Shell Sonnen wasn't necessarily the greatest fighter, but the way he built up the first fight and to dominate it for over four and a half rounds, mm. right? And this is when I thought Anderson Silva was untouchable, yeah. right? I'd, I'd watched him stand on the, uh, on the cage and, and dodge punches. I've watched, I'd watched him walk backwards or run backwards and throw jabs and knock folks out. I've seen him uh, get in the clinch and, and the Muay Thai clinch and hit you with knees and put, so I thought, okay, this dude's unbelievable. And I was almost crying when he was down for that time. And so then you go to the second fight, you get the knee to the solar plexus and the rest is history. But I thought that was a great one. At number three, I'm gonna go Habib Namorgamedov and Conor McGregor. Mm. Now, mm. this is a little different because they didn't fight multiple times, mm. right? This wasn't a situation to where we saw these guys have a trilogy, but for where for who Conor McGregor was and for what Khabib Nurmagomedov became as this fight approached and then the, the melee after, right? It was personal, right? Conor McGregor's talking about his father. He's talking about his religion. Mm. And this is when I saw that Khabib Nurmagomedov had a little bit more to him. That, that it was a little different. This is when we started spotlighting the fact that he's talking to folks when they on the mat. So I'm going to go that. At number two, I got John Jones, Daniel Cormier, mm. right? This is my, my Louisiana boot boy. It was the light heavyweight champion at the time. We fighting at, at press conferences. This is when I realized that DC was really from the boot. You know what I'm saying? That if people get too close, you might yeah, get slapped, yeah, yeah, right? You yeah. might get mushed. You know, you know how we get down. You, you know yeah, how, you but know. I ain't know that, DC. You know how we do. You were such a nice guy, bro. Yeah, you know how like, we do. Yeah, so that, that's my number two. And then number one, my favorite rivalry of all time, Chuck Liddell and Tito Ortiz. Mm, mm, mm. Right? I, 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 don't know, mm. I don't know what MMA mm. fan in the world 
hasn't mm. watched time and time mm. again Chuck Liddell have Tito Ortiz mm. backed against the mm. cage, mm. hitting him from every angle. And this is important to me for another reason. Mm. In 2015, I met Chuck Liddell at a Houston's. And I walk up to him and I'm talking mm -hmm. about this fight mm -hmm. and he proceeds to throw 10 punches at my face, mm -hmm. stopping right at my nose. Yeah, yeah I yeah. have never been more afraid nice. in my nice. life it and nice. it was great to know. And it's so nice. I already know nice. I won the list. Mm -hmm. DC's probably mm -hmm. Googling right now nah, I'm, to I'm some right, MMA I'm right history. Here. I'm right here. I'm right here. Yeah. Are you ready? Yeah, I'm okay, Are you ready for this? All right, at number five. Bro, I can't believe you missed this. These two young dudes, small dudes, blew the roof off of two buildings. They blew the roof off of two of the best arenas in the entire world. They blew the roof off of Madison Square Garden. And then they blew the roof off of the Staples Center. I'm going from training partners to enemies. Knockout video in practice becomes public vitriol. I'm going Cody Garbrandt and TJ Dillashaw. That is a real rivalry. That's a good one. Just rooted in hate. Those guys could not stand each other. And then for Cody to almost finish him in round one, and then TJ to drop him in second round yep. two and finish him. And then to go into Los Angeles and Cody do the same thing and lose the fight yeah. in the same exact way. So at number five, I got Garbrandt. And Dillashaw. Okay. Bro, Cody Garbrandt has something. Because when he hit the curtain in, in, in Staples, the place went crazy. I mean, dude got tats on his neck. Yeah, that's like, a great he, one. He that's bought great, that. Yeah, that, yeah, you bought that. that great fights. Okay. At, at number four, I'm going to copy one of yours. George St. Pierre, Matt Hughes. Now, this you is always one of, copy but this, one of mine. This is, but this is one of mine because a little bit different, right? Great fighters at the same time. Matt Hughes was still the king. Yep. George St. Pierre, I am not impressed by your performance. <laughs> hey, as a contender, working him way up. So we had a young GSP. Yep. As yep. he rose to the title and beat Matt Hughes in the way that he did. That's my number four. At number three, I got one with Chuck Liddell. I do. You going couture? Yes, competitively. I like the competitive rivalry a DC, little bit. DC, I DC. get it. I like the competitive rivalry of Randy, Captain America. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, remember Captain America versus Chuck man. Liddell. Yeah, it was perfect. The UFC sold more pay-per-views than ever. They, I mean, just this fight. This fight losing personified. Right now, no, this fight personified. Personified rivalries for all the right reasons. At number two. I got Chael Sonnen and Anderson Silva. We're in Houston, Texas. Right before Gray Maynard walks out to try to take the title, to wrest the title from Frankie Edgar. And Chael Sonnen drops one of the greatest promos of all time. He beats Brian Stan by arm triangle. Walks over and goes, Anderson Silva, you absolutely suck. <laughs> and then Chael, and then Chael, Uncle Chael goes and says, loser leaves town match, you versus me. That was before the rematch. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so, okay. And. You just do, but you're, and, you're and, doing what you always do, But no, wait, do, wait, 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 wait. At another level, with a layer above what you said, first fight, Chael dominates in Oakland. In Oakland. Was in the arena. Triangle choke ends. At number one. I don't like the look on your face right now. Dude, we've done this for weeks. I've been playing fair. But when you get to the number one rivalry of all time, 
it was just too hard to pick one. So at number one, listen, listen, wait, wait, come back. Stop. Don't do this. Don't do this. Ryan Clark, don't do this. Don't do this. What are you doing? I don't understand. I don't even understand. The dude that left the, he that left the studio. I don't understand what's happening here. He doesn't even want to list. So at number one, I have a bit of a tie. Jones Cormier and then Khabib versus McGregor. I mean, what do you want from me? I mean, me and Jones had to be the most bitter rivalry of all time in the UFC from the press conference fight in the MGM Grand Garden Arena in football season, guys. During football season, when a mixed martial arts fight in 2014 leads Sports Center, it is a massive rivalry. And the only time that that's happened again was when Habib Nurmagomedov and Conor McGregor were fighting each other. So for me, as I win again and go 3-0 on the day, my number one, for all those reasons, Cormier versus Jones, rivalry, and then Nurmagomedov versus Mag I couldn't pick Ryan. Listen, Ryan, you and I both know, Ryan. Ryan, you and I both know. Look at that. Ryan. Football is king, Ryan. Football is king. And when mixed martial arts stories lead sports center, that is a real rivalry. And Jones and I led Sports Center in September. DC, I know. And Khabib and Connor led Sports Center in October. That don't happen, bud. DC. When you got the NFL season going on, so DC, that is it, my it, list. DC, the it best does list. happen. It does happen on a Saturday, DC. That's first and the foremost. best list. No, this was DC. on. This DC. was a hey, this a hey, Ryan. Listen. You DC, lost. they got to be one and two, though, DC. What do you mean? DC, they got to be one and two. Either John Jones and Daniel Cormier is number one, Wait, or Khabib Namorgamedov and <laughs> Conor McGregor is number one. Wait, and then you no. got to move one of them to number no, two. No, 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 just, because you did six of them I again, didn't do DC. six. That's six of that them. That wasn't six. That is, you did a top six list that again. That was six. Corporate Jake, I'm not doing <laughs> lists no more, bro. Why? I'm Why? not doing no more lists, dog. What are you talking about? Because every, and every time you so last time I did last time I didn't do five? And you lost. No, I every didn't time, lose. every time, anytime you do it right, bro, I blow your doors off. And also, too, you're only validating my MMA knowledge because you always use the same ones I use no, anyway. No. And then you Listen take that. two that's on my no, list and you make them Wait, your number I'm one. You, you're acting like a sore loser again. Because you, you really cheat all the time. You know what I'm You show your ass right now, though. I don't understand bro, what you're doing, though. You show your I'm body. so mad at you. <laughs> you. I'm so mad. You really are showing your baboon. Hey, you being bad right now. Hey, you being a sore loser. You Jake. literally acting like a bad little boy right now. Stop Jake. it, Ryan. Ryan. Hey, Ryan. At number one? He got he gets to do that at number one, bro. Like it's okay. That's why your mic's stuck in your seat. It's okay at number at number five, right? Hey, Ryan. If he but you gotta be to make a decision, bro. At number one, it was such great rivalries, Ryan, that I had to decide and I couldn't choose a winner. I just could not choose a winner. Guys, you understand that I'm so filled with knowledge. I'm so filled with knowledge, Ryan, that at times I get a little caught up. You're, so you're, you're, you're so filled with knowledge just, that you picked two fights that the football player picked. Yes. And you yes. couldn't decide between well, because them. Because these are, well, no, no. Well, wait. So I picked three of the same fights as you? Yes. No. Sonnen, Silver. Four. What's number, what you had number two? <laughs> so you think I picked four of the same fights as you? Hughes, GSP, Sonny yes. Silva, Habib You picked McGregor. four that I picked, bro. Oh, you're crazy. Four that I Jones picked. Cormier. And the only reason it's even any <laughs> yeah, different, because you won. used two for one. Hey, I won. Hey, man, I tap out on that, Corey. Hey, I tap out. It's time to tap. I tap out. It's time to tap in and tap out. And guess what, RC? I won again. 3-0. 
Corporal Jake, hit us with the hit us with it, Corporal Jake. This we got weekend, a sore loser in the house. This weekend at UFC 268, Frankie Edgar steps back into the octagon. Edgar has lost three of his last four and just turned 40 years old. So, DC, tap in or tap out. Frankie Edgar retires with a loss Saturday night. You know, I, I, I tap in. Frankie's done, even if he wins, I think. I think it's over. I agree. With I that. think he stated that publicly, actually, that he, he's, uh, he's walking away. I think this is his retirement fight. So, um, to the answer, the little engine that could, Rudy, every single underdog you have ever seen in movies, Frankie personifies that. As a 155-pound champion, way too small. Fought for the belt at 145. Now is one of the top contenders at 135. What a great career Frankie Edgar has had. And I'm so happy that if it's over, it ends in New York State, right outside of Jersey, where Frankie Edgar was born and raised. Yeah, I tap in on the fact that this is Frankie Edgar's last fight, win or lose. Um, but I think he wants to go out on his own terms. And he wants to be able to walk away with his head held high. Mm -hmm. Like a, like the true champion dude yeah. really is, man. So I'm he's excited. Got a tough one in Gito Verano. Yeah, it's, it's good. Listen, his his last three fights, Frankie Edgar is obviously not what he used to be. Mm -mm. But to know, I think it's different to know walking into the octagon, this is it. Yeah, and, and 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 you know as well as I do, we don't all get to call that shot. Nope. Right. Like sometimes or most times, that shot is called for you. And so for him to get this opportunity to do that, man, I think that's kind of poetic justice. And like you said, basically being at home. I'm just kind of looking at you like you're so mad, Doug. Like you get so mad. I don't understand how you get so mad. Because I worked so hard <laughs> on my hard, list, bro, Doug. to get it to five. Like, I'm trying not to state. laugh, Doug. Like I'm looking at you trying not to laugh, but I just can't understand how you get so mad, bro. Corporate Jake, well, go to the next one. <laughs> <laughs> Last week, Jake Paul announced his next boxing match. This time, he's gone away from MMA fighters and is facing off against an actual boxer in Tommy Fury. So, RC, tap in or tap out on Jake Paul versus Tommy Fury? I tap in on it totally. Uh, and what I tap in on is Jake Paul is very intelligent. Jake Paul is picking his fighters mm -hmm. as he progresses in his craft, and he's taking on fights that people from the outside will continue to say, okay, he's doing something different. This isn't a hooper. This isn't a, a MMA fighter, right? This is a guy that actually boxes. But it's a dude that Jake Paul can beat, too. Oh. Like, he ain't the other Fury. Mm -hmm. He's Tommy Fury. Yeah. This is different. And so Pretty I Fury. think for Jake Paul... Fury. I yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> it's like handsome Fury. I tap all the way in on this. This ain't the dude that, ballooned, yeah. that has bloomed up to 400 at one point and is one of the greatest boxers in the world. This is somebody different. Jake Paul can beat this guy. I tap yeah. all the way in on it. I tap in. I tap in because it's a, a boxer. Yep. But I do believe that Tommy Fury has talent. Mm -hmm. I, I judged him harshly after his last fight. He's got the look, obviously. He's a big, strong guy. Reality TV star. But Jake's fighting him because Jake Paul saw him against his friend. Yes. Against his small friend. Yep. Who's undersized and who uh, lasted the entire fight. Yep. And that's why he's fighting him because he feels now he can win. That was a rehearsal. It that was, was legitimately. Let me, let me put him on the Paul. card and see what it looks like. Yep. And let me he put saw, him on the card and see what it looks like. There's not that much danger exactly. in this. I can do this. Exactly. Jake. Last one. Last show. You both tapped out on the professional pillow fighting league that was making the yeah, rounds. This week, we have phone booth fighting. So, DC, oh. tap in or tap out on phone booth fighting. Oh, this dude's hurt bad. Yeah. <laughs> I'm tapping in. I tap in. I love this. this right here. It's like a sauna up in there. Look at these dudes. I tap in on this except for the must. <laughs> Like, I don't want... That's, that's a lot of must inside that... Uh, it is hot up in there. Inside that, that phone booth. just blasting knees. 
here's the other thing I'll say about this. Like, this is a, oh. a huge football saying, right? It's in the phone booth. And a lot of times, that's where it's, you feel like you find the look toughest person. But like, that's hard, man. There's, no, there's nowhere to run. Like, if you're outmanned and, and outclassed inside it's the phone weird, booth. though, right? You can't extend gonna, on your punches. You're kind of just in tight. It's It's hard. Yeah. It's a hard, it's a hard fight in there. I mean, yeah. Well, one, like it's, it's one, it's going to be hot, right? Yeah, you can't hot. really get the power behind your punches and your knees that you and need butts, to. Knees. But the other thing is this, though. You got to be a tough joker. To yes. Just sit there. It's almost like when we were younger and I used to just play body blows in the oh. house and you just and you just fight your you homeboy. Yeah. Y'all crazy. No, it's just because you really fought in life. I just played football, right? <laughs> and so and so like when you get that hurt as a kid, that hurts. Yeah, but I got but DC, I had naturally better hands than you though. Oh yeah, right. That's like, like, yeah, like. So, like, you worked your way, and you had all these great coaches, and you fought at these gyms. Well, they probably used to run you that, all around that, Marrero. That taught you. You probably like, ran. They probably you probably ran all the streets of Marrero, Louisiana. They just chasing you, DC. I, I was not like running, DC. I was the youngest kid on my street, man. I threw hands, DC. You had to get I had, to, pro I had to protect myself. Yeah, yeah. I got picked on. My name's. Ryan Clark, and I'm a black kid. Yeah, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> hey, like, you know what I mean, dog? Like, that's a that's a tough life, DC. DC, I made straight A's until I got to high school. You know how much I got teased? You know what that I'm saying? That was weird, though, back in the yeah. day, right? Like, if you were smart, you got picked on. But now, the smart kid is run like the, the popular they, kid. They run the world. The problem was, though, it was because of those stupid movies from, like, the 80s and 90s that where they would nerd. call you a nerd. Major nerd. And they would pick on you because you did your school. And my mama would always make me dress up for the honor roll presentation. Oh, no, yeah, Ryan. She, yeah, she used to make me wear, like, Z Cavaricis. Oh, you had Z Cavaricis, I had Z Cavaricis, man, because I was trying to be, like, A.C. Slater. I, I had, had none. I had one pair. What about I, some Jabos? Oh, I had Jabos. You had Jabos? I had Jabos. Now, my Come uncle, on. My Eastlands? uncle worked, my uncle worked at Rubenstein. No, I had no Eastlands. I wanted oh some Eastlands. Oh, my God. I had some Travel Fox, though. You did? I had Travel Fox. Oh, so you kind of had it in Marrero. Hey, man. Mom saved up. Mom's yeah. at, Pops worked at the valet, man. I got all mine from Finger Hut. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you do what you got to do. DC, man. So I'm excited to see you at two at 268, bro. I know you've been traveling a lot. Thanks for coming visit me, even yeah, though you whipped man. up on me a little bit. Uh, Easy work. Look, you want to do some work on NFL Live? Easy work. Yeah, hey. Can I? Please. Can I please? Come join come us, join. man. I will definitely be at NFL Live. Guys, thank you so much for tuning in to a new episode of DC and RC. Again, Daniel Cormier, Ryan Clark. We'll see you guys next week. Peace.